Welcome everyone to another conversation. This week and this edition, what we are going to be speaking about is a topic which and two concepts which each and every one of us have reflected on to some capacity in our own lives. The topic for this week in this edition of our online conference is life and death. As we go through life, we realize that there's a start. And at some point we realize there is an end. And in between this start and end, we try to understand so many different kinds of things. Why are we here? What should we do? What shouldn't we do? What is our purpose? Why is there an end? So many things come to mind and to be frank, they make it difficult at times for us to understand what we, how we should approach anything at all. In all of human history, since the very beginning of time, this process of life has unfolded. And we are very lucky that throughout time, there have been many masters of not only different philosophies, but of spiritual wisdom who have guided us in ways that allow us to understand what these two words mean, what is life and what is death. And they allow us to fill in that time in between in a meaningful way. So today we are again, extremely blessed, extremely lucky to have Sanshri Namdeji Maharaj joining us. If you were able to join our previous conversation, you would have come to understand just how incredible and just how unique and divine Sanshri Namdeji Maharaj's wisdom and explanations are to each and every one of us. Sanshri is the international head of Vihangam Yog, of the propagation of Vihangam Yog, which is an ancient meditation practice which has existed since time immemorial. Sanshri is also the founder and CEO of multiple social organizations, including Sadafa Education and Evergoing.life. So today, what I will be trying to do as a spiritual seeker myself is taking all of you listeners on a journey wherein we place some of these questions before Sanshri and we try to discuss these topics in the context of how we should take a perspective on life and death. So firstly, I want to welcome Sanshri Namdevji Maharaj. Uh, Sanshri, I hope you can hear me audibly and welcome to this conference once again. Namaskaram, Namaskaram, Pranam to you and everyone out there. So Namdeji, I, I wanted to start with, um, I guess, the most essential question which we all have, which is, you know, maybe as children or, you know, as we grow, we start to ask questions which some do find difficult to answer um, because they, by nature, seem to not have an, a clear answer. And that question is, what is life about? And why are we here? 
Uh, is there a reason? Is there a purpose? What is life about? Thank you so much for asking this question. This is question is often asked uh, by numerous people across the globe. Uh, what is life and what is the purpose of life? And um, there have been many interpretations of it, almost as many as as many as uh, they are masters and the people who describe about life. So the explanation of life itself are numerous, almost as many as who, who, who's these questions are put up to. <clears throat> So what is this life, uh, what we call life? So if you see um, a small plant, it has a life as well. It grows into the soil, it sprouts within the soil, and one day it comes up. It grows up inside beneath the soil, but it is not visible. So life is that grows, doesn't have to be seen. It could be seen and it could not be seen. So what you call life is not something very throbbing. <laughs> it is not a party, man. It is not a party. So life that you see is um, throbbing in itself, throbbing in itself. Life itself is life. That is the essence of life. That is the first thing to understand. Life itself is life. Devoid of anything and everything that you think what life is. So what do you think life is? It's just the mental concoction that you may have gathered over many decades and happenings and happenstances and circumstances because of which there is a kind of formation in your mind about a specific topic. Let's say it's life. But life itself is life, which does not need any kind of uh, description, which does not require, in fact, which does not restrict itself within the any periphery of the life itself. It cannot be confined and put into a box. But what is happening, my dear friend, is um, in the world today, that there are so many philosophies and there are so many people who are putting forward these philosophies in order to indoctrinate some kind of theory and concept in the minds of the people, which itself, is uh, raining a stream which knows how to, how to flow itself. So if you want to control water, then please go ahead and control the water. If you want to control a stream of water, a river, then please do go ahead 
but the amount of effort that you will be putting in in order to control a huge volume of water would be quite futile and almost render you no result at all. You may end up being highly disappointed. So first of all, it is very important to understand that there is no rule to life. You are putting and creating, applying, utilizing whatever you have gathered in order to understand what life is according to whom you become. So life is all about uh, not uh, following a principle <laughs> or uh, life is not about anything at all. It is a very abstract term and uh, generally people are very uh, disillusioned with the life itself because it has many facets and colors and manifestations which comes at a very strikingly resemblance of our own reflection. And it all happens within the very framework of our perception. So what we call life is actually the perception. Mm -hmm. That's very important to understand. So what we want to call our life is actually the perception that we have created, that we have become. But perception itself is a self-journey. The perception that you have about a specific thing is quite different than mine. And it will be different from as many people as they are to feel it, describe it, experience it, and put forward to it. So um, the very idea of uh, life um, is not restricted by any means in theory. So you mentioned something interesting there about how life is unbounded, is unrestricted. And it, it does beg a question, which is, um, in that case, how should we think about living a principled life? Like, is, the, is, that, a, is that the wrong way of looking at things? Or is that, is that part of a different, is that a different piece of the puzzle? Um, how do we... Uh, resolve that inside of this way of thinking about life where it's unrestricted? Um, is there a way we can kind of uh, resolve the two? Have you seen cats? Cats are really smart. Uh, they wander off in so many uh, ways that you can never catch a cat or you got uh, Bella cat. So your life is almost uh, like that. And when you say your life, uh, life does not require mind. Life does not require anything at all. Life itself is life. So any connotation attached to the life is uh, self-delusional identity. Self-delusional identity, nothing else. So it is very important that uh, we are empowered by one thing, and that is our mind. A cat, a dog, any animal you can think of on this planet are dictated by their instinct. And uh, it is as if 
uh, programming has been downloaded, has been ingrained into their system. All they do is just to follow it. There's no programming. There's no any brand manual for us. You buy a fan, you buy a refrigerator, you buy a washing machine, you get number of pages of guidelines. But what about this most sophisticated piece of machine called human, human body, human mind? The existence of us, it does not come with a manual. When a baby is born, a manual is not presented to him or a manual is not born with him, what is not born with him or her, why? So the point here is that human life is not dictated by anything else than, than us, than our own interpretation, than our own uh, awareness. We are led by our own self. We are led by how much we know, what we know. That's it. We are always led by what we know and how much we know. That's the actually tragedy of humankind. It does not know it all. Whatever it knows, it, is, it just tries to make the best of it. So in terms of that, how do we grow our understanding? Because from what I'm understanding, from what you're expressing, Nandevji, the idea is that based on all the information we have, we construct a life around that. So I guess a few questions arise. One is how do we determine whether our interpretation of that information and the way we're going about our life is let's say in, in the right direction. And maybe even before that, is there such a thing as a right direction in life or is that, kind of ver does that vary person to person like is there a place is there a direction we should be heading toward in our life or does that not even exist yes there's no rules and regulations for sure 100% but without these rules and regulations um, since uh, the guideline is not there, life will be much more worse than anything you can think of. Anything on the planet you can think of. No wonder there are so many humans that you see today are leading a life much below the standard of an animal. And I'm sure that all of us will agree. You know, you know why? The reason is that the, any being, any other being apart from humans have been programmed to behave in a certain way, have already been inherently programmed in a specific manner without which they won't exist, without which they will not live they wouldn't survive. But we humans have been given so much of freedom and that is the problem. That is the core of the problem. That we have highly intelligent mind. We have the memory. 
Now, memory is a huge problem. People are suffering their memory. People are suffering their trauma because of the because of what they carry in, in their heads. Maybe there are so many animals they don't remember anything. <laughs> After they grow up to some certain age, they forget their parents. You see? They forget their siblings. They do, yes, they do. But we have a human mind and we have the memory which has got so much of uh, data and facts and informations which we have to carry along. And that's makes our life quite heavy. But I don't know how does that answer your question, but the point here is that we humans have been empowered by what we call intellect and imagination. Imagination is everything, everything. And since we have got this imaginary mind, would you call upon a buffalo to think about America? Excuse me. Would you ask any uh, animal to think about anything else apart from what the nature has given them as their programming? Not possible. But unfortunately, we have this imaginary mind. We have this unbridled mind, you know, we have the capacity of intellect which can go beyond anything, anything and everything. We cannot uh, control it. We don't know how to use the power of our own self. That is the problem. That is the problem, actually. That's right. where the problem is. Mm. Right. So just imagine, give you an example. You know, you have a mobile phone today. You have been empowered with your mobile. And I can tell you about myself. I don't know about others. I think the person of my intellectual capacity has not been able to use a 2% of the phone that I have. I have a, a smartphone with me. But do I even use, do I, do I even know the entire functioning of the mobile phone, not even, I think I know only 2% of it. All I know is few things. I don't use 98% of what my mobile phone is capable of. When a human mind can create this piece of fantastic machine, which I can use to connect anywhere in the world, this is just even 1%. It has been proven that we use only two to 3%. Let's say a human mind has uh, utilized 5% to make this device called mobile phone, smartphone. What about the unutilized 95%? And even though look at humanity where it is heading, headed towards, towards absolute catastrophe. You see, you, we are connected, but the person sitting next to me, I don't have the honor of his presence. I don't honor his presence physically, appreciate by exchanging few present words because I'm so much engrossed into messaging a person uh, who is my flowery friend from the United States of America, sitting in India. So you see this whole flowery and ostentatious uh, kind of mirage friendship has mushroomed. And we are living in a thrill. 
We are living in a thrill of expectation. We are living in the thrill of that spur of uh, uh, ephemeral that you know that that kicks. So if we are no, if we are leading such a compulsive mind, if we are leading our life in such a compulsive state, using only two and three percent of what this mobile, what this, what this technological, what this mind has done in form of technological advancement, then of course it's not possible for human mind to uh, control it. Maybe point percent people can actually understand how mind works, they can put uh, the, they can put uh, the power of the mind most constructively, but most of us are not able to. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting point, because we often hear this very fact that, you know, we, we don't use much of our capacity. And I guess the question becomes then, um, in knowing that is one of the things we should do with our time in life to grow our understanding of our capacity or um yeah like is that something that is worthwhile and something we should do Well, I think there's no point in growing our capacity. I think there has been massive capacity already. There has been massive uh, exercise of enhancing, enhancing the capabilities. There's nothing to do actually, but what we need to do is very simple, very, very simple. Because the moment you try to put a lot of endeavor, you know, into achieving something which will enhance the ability of your mind, the more complex your mind will become. Because it's, anyway, it is so complex. And by putting an effort, you are making it complex even more. So that, that is not the right way to do it. So Namdevji, before we look at the right way to go about things, maybe if we could take a step back and I just wanted to ask in the context of our conversation, what is the mind and how can we understand it in, um, kind of in, in, in terms that, in terms of the experience we have day to day, uh, what is the mind and, and how, how does that relate to, um, all the things that we're talking about. Well, mind is um, again, it is all about having the perspective and the perspective come from perception. A perspective will always arise from perception. So it is very important to, to know the perspective. If the perspective is wrong, if the perspective is uh, 
totally convoluted and immersed into the senses and the pleasurable, uh, you know, tintillating ephemeral senses, then of course the perspective will be convoluted and restricted within the very time frame of, within the time bound um, happenings. So if the perspective is time bound, if the perspective that you hold in your mind is time bound, then the perspective is not real. And under that time bound happenings, everything is transitory, everything, everything is mirage. Everything is not the way it appears to be. Everything appears to be because of your perception. And perception has created that perspective. So the problem here is to real is that the very level of the perspective and that perspective has come about because of the perception and the perception has come about because of your growing up. Perception has come about the kind of conditioning that you have had, how the mind is conditioned to think in a specific way. That is the real matter. So can you actually unwind your mind? Hello, excuse me. Can you actually unwind your mind? Can you actually go back and repair where it was at fault at the first place? Could you do that? Yes, you could do that by light of awareness. If you are aware about where the fault lies, you can actually go back and create that higher perception. So the problem here is that we are so much uh, attuned to the lower vibration of our attachments with the sensory pleasures that everything what we look at is really delusionary, is self-destructive, is limiting. It is against the inner growth of inner growth of our own being. That is the actual problem. And it never goes away because of the perspective. But what is most likely to happen in due course of time as we progress towards life, once we know the realities as they are, once we go beyond the time limit, look at things from a higher perspective, we know that these senses are programmed in such a way that uh, is delusionary, that is illusionary in itself. The senses itself are, 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 are delusionary. The, sense self, the senses, how it feels, each organs, each senses, and the way we seek it, at what volume, at what level we seek it, what makes us happy, is itself in, in the dark, is itself in the state of absolute uh, absolute ignorance. Yes, that's right. So what is what actually gives us pain is because of the delusional identity, delusional identity. Because of the um, information that we have gathered because of our conditioning, which has actually caused a lot of destruction in our lives. That's why, you know, if I 
if you are presented with a set of circumstances and which will hurt you emotionally, let's say that, but you won't take that much of pain in your heart, whereas other person will be shattered. Why? Why? Because of the conditioning. Because mind has been programmed, conditioned to think in a specific way. And which itself has a very wobbly foundation. So when you are making a big building on a very wobbly foundation, the senses which itself is, is so illusionary in its understanding in its approach towards seeking what it is seeking because of the perception and conditioning. And all are time bound, all are happening within the time limit. So the perception that you create in your mind, which comes from your conditioning, will create the perspective. And that perspective, if it is convoluted, if it is, uh, it is, it is, um, uh, it, it is built on the wobbly foundation of perception, then perspective will always restrict you. The perspective towards life will always pull you down. The perspective of anything will make you, mis make you feel victim or miserable or something, or everything goes wrong with me, or everyone is bad, or everyone is this or that. Nothing works for me. Well, folks, that's all we've got for this week on the Vihangamyo Global Online Forum. Uh, this was the first part of our three-part series with Santnam Deji Maharaj. You know, I remember whilst I was interviewing uh, Santnam Devji in this first part, his thoughts on life and how we overcomplicate it, they really had me confused at one point. And, and it really made me see within myself just how conditioned I am to give life a certain meaning rather than letting it unfold. Sandhavi uh, is his wisdom uh, throughout this, this interview uh, is something which you know, we're all lucky to be receiving. And this is the biggest takeaway for me this week, that perhaps rather than overcomplicating and giving meaning to things, maybe we should remain still and observe them and let them unfold instead. So if you found this to be reflective, insightful, I can guarantee you the coming two weeks are even more uh, reflective and insightful as this week, uh, if I could even say that. You know, Sandnam Vijay Maharaj is such a prolific speaker and we're so lucky to have him on this platform. So I hope you all enjoyed this first part and are looking forward to the next two weeks in this three-part series with Sandnam Vijay Maharaj. Jaisu Dev, take care and see you next week at the same time.